Back up top, shot through traffic, save made, follow-up try, that one hits a body in front, and a score! It's a score! It's a score! And the Ice Bears have a 4-3 lead with 30 seconds remaining in the hockey game! Oh, what a hit! Welcome to the SPHL in Knoxville! Comes in on the right side, through the right circle, taking it and fed across, they score! Oh, yes! And the Ice Bears win 3-2 in overtime! Welcome into the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast, the official podcast of the Knoxville Ice Bears. I'm Joel Silverberg. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the KIB podcast, whether you're doing so on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. Fieldpasshockey.com. They've got a great team of writers and photographers. You can use the Field Pass Hockey mobile app to listen to live broadcasts of Ice Bears games as well as broadcasts of other teams around the SPHL, the ECHL, the AHL. They have live game broadcasts for you across all minor league hockey. So the coverage for minor league hockey, whether you want to keep up with the SPHL, keep up with former Ice Bears players that have moved on to the ECHL and the AHL, they have the coverage for you at fieldpasshockey.com and with the Field Pass Hockey mobile app available on the App Store and on Google Play. So to recap the past week, Knoxville had a Wednesday-Friday homestead against the Birmingham Bulls. Two shutouts for Jimmy Perita and two wins for Knoxville. So a really successful win to get four points for the Ice Bears. Coming off a overtime come-from-behind win against Vermilion County last Saturday, I think this was a really promising effort for Knoxville to be able to bounce back from struggling to put away a Vermilion County team that hadn't won a game yet. We'll, we'll get to that too in a moment to then get a one-sided win on Wednesday and then come away with a defensive win on Friday with Austin Lotz having a really good night in net on Friday against the Knoxville Ice Bears. And now the Ice Bears turn their attention to a four-game road trip as they continue this kind of mini-series that they've got going on with Birmingham. Now, it'll be Knoxville's third game in a row against the Bulls. Birmingham will have played Macon this upcoming Thursday before it sees Knoxville on Friday, and then, of course, the Bulls faced Huntsville on Thanksgiving Day in between those two games against Knoxville this past week. So for Birmingham, it's five games in about a week and a half. For Knoxville, it's just three against Birmingham. The Ice Bears will also go to Fayetteville on Sunday. And, of course, you can hear and watch those games on Hockey TV, SPHLTV.com, and MixLR.com slash Knoxville Ice Bears. So we'll start with the game on Wednesday. Knoxville got off to a really fast start. They scored three goals in the first period. J.B. Baker, Stefan Brucato, Rasmus Wax, and Engback all scored in the first period. Knoxville got two power play goals on its first two attempts. It outshot Birmingham 20-9, to and there was never really much Birmingham could do from that point on. Now, Birmingham did outshoot Knoxville the rest of the way. They outshot the Ice Bears 27 to 12 after the first period, but a lot of those attempts were perimeter shots. Perita did have to make a couple of good saves, but in terms of the ultimate end result really being in doubt, that that was never really part of the equation. Perita was able to hang on for his first career pro shutout. Brucato and Ballant added goals in the second period, and the Ice Bears came away with a 5-0 win. Perita again with his first shutout, 36 saves, and in what was a great effort from him. And then he follows it up with a 25-save shutout 
against the Bulls on Friday. Now, this was a much bigger test for Knoxville. Austin Lotz had a fantastic night in net. There was no score through the first 40 minutes. Knoxville was heavily outshooting Birmingham throughout the course of the game, uh, outshooting them 31-11 to through the first two periods. And Birmingham got the bulk of those shots in the third period. But for Parita, a, a fantastic flurry where he stops three back-to-back-to-back saves, including a a diving effort where he has the puck hit him in the back. Anthony McVeigh scores as he's falling to the ice in the third period. And then the empty net goal by JB Baker kind of solidifies the game. But you don't get to that point where Austin Lotz is being pulled out of the net without the effort from Parita at the other end where he has the, the big three saves right there in a row, a three-on-one that Knoxville is able to break up at the other end that Birmingham doesn't take advantage of. Another odd man rush later in the period. And Knoxville's defense really bails itself out after Birmingham starts to apply some pressure in the third period. But Knoxville dominated that game through the first two periods, but just couldn't beat Austin Lotz. And Parita stood tall despite not seeing a whole lot of action at the other end through the first 40 minutes and was aware he was on his game. And so Parita posts back-to-back shutouts, uh, all in all 61 saves over the course of two games. And... Suddenly, Knoxville finds itself with a six-game winning streak, a seven-game point streak, going back to that shootout loss to the Huntsville Havoc on November 10th. And Knoxville is kind of going back and forth with Quad City for second place in the SPHL standings. Quad City lost two straight before beating Vermilion County on Saturday. So Vermilion County uh, losing to Quad City. Now the Storm have a one-point lead over Knoxville, Knoxville with a game in hand over Quad City. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of shapes out as the month of December goes along. Of course, these two teams don't face each other very often and they won't face each other until after the turn of the calendar year. But Knoxville playing some really good hockey right now. And I thought it was a, a good mix to see of what Knoxville could do. Knoxville got a, a best shot from Vermilion County on Saturday and then found a way to be res- resilient and then come back and win. It dominated an opponent that I think it felt confident that it could outplay and took advantage of the situation playing on a Wednesday night and then playing against a really hot goaltender in Austin Lotz, who for the second time this season has played very well against Knoxville despite having to face way more shots than what Parita did at the other end. Knoxville found a way to not get discouraged, kept throwing pucks to the net, eventually got the go-ahead goal and then held its own in the defensive end and came away with a tight defensive win. So Knoxville's last three games have all come in different fashions. And and yes, it's against teams that if the season were to end today would be on the outside looking in as far as the playoff picture is concerned. But Knoxville is still finding situational wins in different ways. And I think that's really encouraging as the Ice Bears get ready for four big road games. And still, the last time Knoxville went to Birmingham, it needed a game-tying goal with six seconds left from Andrew McLean before Ballant won it in overtime. So going to Birmingham is not a guaranteed win, despite what you would look at from the results of the last two games from this week, especially that Wednesday game where Knoxville is able to really turn on the offense early and often and put up three goals in the first period. But I think it's important to know that anytime that you go on the road in this league, it's tough. Knoxville has been tested by Vermilion County at one point this season. It needed to pull an escape act against Birmingham the last time it went to the Pelham Civic Complex and the first time it played Macon this year. It was a tie game halfway through the third period. So for Knoxville, 
I think it goes to show that the entire league is wide open and we'll have more examples of that coming up in just a moment, but also the ice bears going to Peoria for the first time this season coming up in two weeks and never easy to win there. And Peoria, I don't really like to say that Peoria is off to a slow start. The Rivermen sitting in seventh right now in the SPHL standings, just 12 points, but they're five, three and two. They've only played 10 games. Everybody else in the league has played 12 or more. So the Rivermen have a couple of games to make up because their first two games of the season at Vermilion County were postponed due to the ice conditions up in Danville, but Peoria has been really good defensively. They've only given up 17 goals in 10 games. Eric Levine is putting up some big numbers and they have a four game point streak right now. So Peoria is is a team that I would not count out just because the numbers aren't super flashy at this point in time. And you would have to think that the offense is going to get going at some point. Alec Hageman is starting to find his game offensively for Peoria. And as we mentioned, Levine is, is giving that team a chance to win every time he takes the ice. So something to be weary about. And obviously Fayetteville has had a great season thus far. They're 10 and four, fourth in the standings at this point, six and four in their last 10. So something to be noted of as the Ice Bears get ready to head out to Fayetteville. Of course, they lost the last time they played at the Crown Coliseum back on November 7th. So the Ice Bears, the four-game homestead coming off back-to-back wins over the Birmingham Bulls, getting ready to take on Birmingham for the third consecutive game this upcoming weekend. We'll dive deeper into the SPHL standings and kind of look at what's been happening around the rest of the league. Obviously, Huntsville has bounced back since taking their first loss of the season but also a couple of other upsets that happened as the week played on. So we'll discuss that and more. The Knoxville Ice Bears with two back-to-back wins over the Birmingham Bulls this week and then getting ready to take on Birmingham again this upcoming Friday at the Pelham Civic Complex. I'm Joel Silverberg. You're listening to the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast presented by Field Pass Hockey. In the slot, looking, shot, scores! Whoa, yes, an overtime game winner gives Knoxville a 3-2 win on the road. This presentation of Knoxville Ice Bears Hockey can also be heard while you're on the go via the Field Pass Hockey app. Read articles on your favorite team, view photo galleries, listen to live games and podcasts from across the AHL, ECHL, and SPHL by downloading the app, now available in the Google Play and Apple app stores. So we mentioned a couple of upsets in the last segment on Wednesday. Vermilion County upset Peoria 2-1 in a shootout, which is a really interesting turnaround for the Rivermen. We mentioned how good they've been defensively, need to start getting the offense going. But after Peoria loses to Huntsville in a shootout back on November 19th, Peoria then beats Huntsville the following day in a 1-0 great effort by Jack Barry, who ends up being the SPHL Player of the Week. And then Peoria turns around on Wednesday and loses to Vermilion County. So the Bobcats get their first win in franchise history. And then on Saturday, Macon scores two goals in the final two minutes of the game to stun Evansville three to two at the Macon centerplex. So Vermilion County and Macon both get their first wins of the season after the long stretch of of neither team being able to win games. Macon, of course, had a shootout loss earlier in the season, so they at least had a point. Vermilion County got their first point in franchise history against Knoxville with that overtime loss last Saturday, but now both teams picking up a win this week. Obviously, still a, a serious uphill battle if, if we're talking about the playoff picture, but Vermilion County and Macon both pulling off a couple of upsets at the hands of Evansville and Peoria after Peoria is it becomes the only team so far this season to knock off Huntsville. Huntsville has since responded with 
back-to-back wins. So the Havoc now 14-1 and on the season, outscoring opponents by nearly a 2-to-1 ratio, 60 goals for, 31 goals allowed, 9-1 and in their last 10. They have been solid. The, the top four goal scorers in the SPHL so far this season are all wearing Huntsville Havoc jerseys, and it has just been that type of season so far in the SPHL where Huntsville has been dominant and has had some really good results, but they have also found ways to rally and win games when they've been trailing late. And it's the mark of a good hockey team. Knoxville has seen them twice and it, it goes to show that Huntsville is a really complete and solid team and, and they're not invincible. No team is, but I, I think it goes to show that Huntsville has consistently found ways to win. As for the rest of the standings, I mentioned Quad City and Knoxville going back and forth, flipping between the two and three spots this week. So Quad City sitting at number two right now, Knoxville with a game in hand over both Huntsville and Quad City. So the Ice Bears officially a fourth of the way through their regular season schedule, 14 games played out of 56. So we've got 42 to go. Knoxville 11-2-1 on the season. They've got points in their last seven. They've won six straight. Eight of their last 10 have been wins. 23 points in the season. It's been a really good start for the Ice Bears. Fayetteville 10-4 on the season. They're sitting in fourth place. Evansville is 9-6 after that loss to Macon. So they are sitting in fifth place. Pensacola is four points back, but they have two games in hand. They are 6-5-2 and two on the season. Peoria, as we mentioned, still a lot of hockey left to be played. They've only played in 10 games. Roanoke has uh, had picked up points uh, consistently over the course of, of the last several weeks. They lost over the weekend. So 4-4-4 four, four, and four are the rail yard dogs sitting in eighth place with 12 points. Birmingham is 2-9-4. and four. Uh, I think that team's a little bit better than their record would indicate. And I think having Josh Harris added earlier this week is going to help provide a spark on offense, obviously needing to clean things up on the defensive end. Vermillion County and Macon each with three points back in the 10th and 11th spots. So for Knoxville, you, you, you're kind of sitting pretty right now. You feel pretty good about what this team has done. Only two call-ups so far at, at this point in time in the season. Other teams have been hurt a little bit worse when it comes to call-ups. So Carter Colthorpe, Andrew McLean, the only two guys that have been called up to the ECHL, obviously a handful of guys on the protected list that haven't made it to Knoxville yet that have still been up in the ECHL. And Jeff Carr had kind of pointed that out at the beginning of the season when Andrew McLean first came back. You know, I talked to him and, and Andrew Ballant came that same week and was talking to him about, hey, it, it's good to get some guys back. And he's like, yeah, well, we've got two. Well, a lot of other teams have had four or five. It hasn't hurt Knoxville too badly, especially since one of those guys that came back, Andrew McLean, then got called up back to the ECHL after only three games. So for Knoxville, it, it is finding a way to gel and then, and then it's finding a way to replace guys. So Andrew McLean gets called up. Dean Moore gets brought in to help the defense. And then you have Carter Colthorpe getting called up. Rasmus Waxen Engback is finally able to come over due to all the travel restrictions happening with, for some of these European players. And that line is really buzzing. And, and Waxen Engback along with Brucato and J.B. Baker, it, it's been a really solid line that they've been putting out there on the ice. In addition to what some fans are coining as the vinegar line with Ballant, Balsamo, and McVeigh. And so now you've got two lines that are really starting to gel, and, and Wax and Engback has started to put up some offense. Brucato is the team's leading scorer and is in the top five in the league in goals scored. And now J.B. Baker is in the top 10 in the league in assists. He's got 10 assists on the year, and, and, so, and he's got 15 points in just 14 games. So 
two lines that are starting to put up a lot of offense after Knoxville spent the first couple weeks of the season in all of these defensive battles. They, they had, did not have a game where they gave up more than three goals until November 10th with that shootout loss to Huntsville. And now they've found themselves in some track meets where they're scoring a lot of goals, you know, back-to-back games where they scored nine goals. They scored five in that loss to Huntsville. They, you know, put up five against Birmingham on Wednesday. So now Knoxville really starting to find its rhythm. And I was talking to Jason Price right before the Vermilion County game on Saturday. And he said, I really feel like we were playing really well in that game against Friday against Vermilion County. And I know it was a Vermilion County team that hadn't won a game yet at that point. But Price was kind of acknowledging, you know, we were setting up some really good plays. I thought our passing was really crisp. And that's something that is an area where you can find a, a point where, hey, yes, maybe maybe we're better than the team we're playing against, or maybe it's a team that's down on their luck and still struggling to find their groove. But when you have a situation where you're setting up good passes, especially with that Friday game against Vermilion County at home, where it's a smaller rink at the Knoxville Civic Coliseum. So you've got a little bit less space to work with to have a good passing day and for the team to feel good about how well they were moving the puck around the offensive zone. That's encouraging. And I think it's those little things that is really clicking right now for Knoxville. And it certainly helps when you've got Jimmy Perita putting up a monster week in net for him to go back-to-back shutouts against a Birmingham team that does have some offensive firepower with Mike Davis and Russell Jordan having Josh Harris come back during the week. So I, I think for Knoxville, it's an encouraging week. Obviously, still some things that you want to clean up. You want to be a little more consistent on the power play. You don't want to give up those odd man chances as they did a couple of times in transition for Birmingham. And then the game on Wednesday, yes, it was five to nothing. Still thought there were a couple of defensive zone turnovers that Jeff Carr, I'm sure, would like to clean up a little bit. But all in all, have to be happy with the way that this team is playing over the last three weeks and, and closing out the month of November really well. And now getting ready to start December with a four-game road trip. The Ice Bears are going to play five road games and four home games during the month of December. So it, it's going to be another road trip, but a little bit more spaced out evenly as, a, as opposed to that five-game road swing that the Ice Bears had where they played six games in nine days. This is going to be four road games over the course of two weekends. Going to be a little bit easier, less travel, and not as many uh, back-and-forth type trips. You're going to go back and forth between Friday and Sunday with Birmingham and Fayetteville, but you go to Peoria once, you stay the night, you play them twice in two days. It's a little bit easier with less travel for the Ice Bears for that second weekend. We'd like to remind everybody, too, coming up on December 17th is the Ice Bears' next home game against the Macon Mayhem. They will be hosting SantaCon. That means cardboard sled races on the ice. So you need to have a sled element and a cardboard element. You build your own sled. You can have as many people on your team as you want. You have to have one person riding, one person pushing. You're going to race those sleds around the ice during the first intermission on Friday, December 17th. So be sure to get your sled built and get registered at our website, you can register at the official online team store and then go to the on ice events tab and you can find the cardboard sled races there. If you're on Instagram, you can go to the link in the Ice Bears bio. That's Instagram at Knoxville Ice Bears. Click the link in the bio and it will take you straight to the registration page for the cardboard sled races. So be sure to get signed up for that soon. And then December 18th is the office holiday party. So be sure to bring out your entire office, 
if, if you're a boss, if you're an owner of a small business, get your employees, their families, come on out and take advantage of our group rates. If you have a group of at least 12 or more, you get special group rates as well as some other perks. So be sure to check out KnoxvilleIceBeers.com for more information on that. If you're wanting to purchase tickets, you can call 525-7825. And again, visit KnoxvilleIceBeers.com. Thank you again so much for checking out the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast. The Ice Bears on the road this Friday at Birmingham, on the road Sunday at Fayetteville. You can catch the games on MixLR.com slash Knoxville Ice Bears, as well as HockeyTVSPHLTV.com. As always, this podcast is presented by Field Pass Hockey. Their team of credentialed writers and photographers will have you covered on all things minor league hockey. SPHL, ECHL, AHL. They do it all. Thank you again for listening. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review and tell a hockey fan you know about the Knoxville Ice Bears podcast.